You know, back in the day when my father was first starting out, they were not allowed in the delivery room. So a group of expectant fathers were waiting in the waiting room uh, while their wives were in the process of delivering babies. And a nurse came in and she announced to the first father, she said, you are now the proud, uh, your wife just gave birth, she said, to twins. You're the proud father of twins. And he said, wow, that's amazing. I, I play baseball for the Minnesota Twins. Well, a few minutes later, another nurse came in and announced to another man, she said, well, you are the father of triplets. He said, wow, that's uncanny. I work for the 3M company. At that very moment, the man across the way there, he fell out of his chair, fell on the floor, and started hyperventilating. And the nurse ran over to him. She said, sir, are you okay? He said, no. She said, what's wrong? He said, I work for 7-Up. <laughs> oh, the blessings. Would you get your Bible out and turn it on and um, turn with me to Hebrew? So you're slow, but you're worth waiting for, I tell you. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11, verse, 12, verse 21, reading from the New uh, Living Translation. I want to speak to you for a short time on the blessing. Again, I wanna, I'll only hold you. I promise I'll, I won't hold you long. Actually, that's what, uh, that's what both folks are hoping, but I won't hold you long. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21. It was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of, his, each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. Jacob provides the most descriptive example in Scripture of a father's blessing his children and his grandchildren. As he was nearing his death, he gathers them all around and he begins to bless his sons. Also, he begins to bless the grandsons and the granddaughters uh, that were fathered by Joseph. And as parents, we have the ability to impact our children like no one else can. While a mother's role of nurturing and caring is vitally important, without the father's approval and validation, the child will feel a great void. Every person needs the blessings of their father. Many adults today still struggle with low self-esteem. Now, they would never admit it, but the truth is they struggle in that area. There are star athletes, business people, people you would never imagine who are constantly working and pushing and straining and striving all the time to try to prove to themselves and try to prove to others that, hey, I'm good enough, all because their father's lack of affirmation. Their father never told them, I am proud of you. He never made them feel approved. So they are still trying to measure up and gain the approval that only really a father can give through a father's blessing. Fathers, listen, guys, we've got something amazing and awesome to give that no one else can give. Other people can tell their, your kids how great they are, but it carries a whole lot more weight when you say it. Other people can tell them how wonderful they are, but guys, when you say it, it means so much more. As the father, you have that God-given authority to bless your child. Every time you say, I'm proud of you, you're beautiful, and I really love you, something special happens. God releases into your child strength. 
He releases into your child great abilities. They receive from you not only the knowledge that you love them, but they also receive a sense of self-worth, value, confidence, security. These are not just nice words. No, guys, the Bible calls this the blessing. And you're propelling your child towards their God-given destiny. I believe America needs dads more than we ever have needed dads before simply because of what we're going through. Oh, come on, do you believe that? Because of what the culture is dealing with. While the Marine Corps slogan is looking for a few good men, I think the slogan of our country ought to be looking for a few godly men. A few years ago, LA Time Magazine ran an article about the invisible dad. The article pointed out that many American dads are disconnecting from the family and the culture is paying a very high and significant price. The article said, consider two of the nation's most serious problems, crime and teenage pregnancy. Studies show that the most reliable predictor of those behaviors are not race, they're not income. No, they are the family structure. Teenage pregnant girls and criminal teenage boys tend to come from fatherless homes. Christian pollster George Barna said, an astonishing 70% of imprisoned minors have spent the majority of their life without their father. Now, this article from the L.A. Times Magazine went on to quote Father Gregory Boyle, who was a Jesuit priest in East Los Angeles. He gave 40 years of ministry trying to reach the gangs of Los Angeles, California. And one day in this article, Father Boyle once wrote down the names of 100 gang members who he knew and ministered to on a daily basis personally. And next to their names, he wrote down their family history. And he was shocked to realize and find out that 95 out of the 100 boys on his ministry list were never living with their father or had never met their father personally. 95 out of the 100. Friends, dads are so important because we represent a visible link between their children and the father in heaven. Oh, hear it again. Dads are so important because we represent a physical and visible link between their child and the Father in heaven. Many of the attitudes that children will develop towards God will be connected to the ones they have towards their father. The potential impact of a good and godly father is immeasurable. Now, I know that we are all very busy and it gets very easy to get sidetracked or even at odds with our adult children or our teenage children, especially if we feel they're not living right, we may think, well, when they straighten up, Randy, then I'll spend more time with them. When they start living right, then, then I'll say something that will encourage them. Someone might be saying, well, come on, Randy. I told them I'm proud of them 20 years ago when I brought them home from the hospital. I mean, you know, I, I, I told them then no, they need to hear it again and again and again and again. You're the father. You carry the blessing. Can I challenge you guys? Don't withhold your love, your affection, your approval. Now, I know, as pastors already said, that there are many who never received this blessing from your father. Maybe he wasn't around or 
when he was around, all he did was correct you, tell you all the things you were doing wrong. He didn't show affection or make you feel valuable. Listen to this key point this Father's Day. Do not let the negative cycle get passed on to the next generation. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can break that cycle. Through the infilling and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit who lives in you, you can break that cycle. You can be the difference maker and set a new standard in your family for blessing your children. The blessing I'm speaking about is not simply financial or materialistic. No, it's easy to do it at times just to write a check and say, well, there you go. No, the blessing that I'm speaking about and that the Bible teaches is so much more, guys, than that. The blessing I'm speaking about starts by calling out the seeds of their greatness. Call out the seeds of their greatness. Tell them what they can become in the power of the Holy Spirit. Pray over them and prophesy to their future. That's what prayer is. Prayer is prophesying to their future. The prayer I'm speaking about would sound something like this. It's kind of the prayer that I pray over my children on a daily basis. Lord, I pray that my sons and my daughters would fulfill the promise in Acts, the second chapter, that says in the last days your sons and daughters will prophesy. Lord, I pray that you would rise up a purpose and a plan in their life. Lord, I'm praying right now as their father that they would be more of a threat to hell than hell is a threat to them. I am praying, Lord, that your hand of favor and godly blessing would rest upon them. Lord, give them godly husbands and a godly wife. Give them godly children. Lord, may they walk before you. May they fulfill the plan of God for their life. You look back and say, well, Randy, why do you pray that way? Because we are dealing with an American culture and environment that is far more destructive than anything that was brought upon you and I, irrespective of the years of our upbringing. And as fathers, we can pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit to come upon the children. The children that are under age 10. The teenagers that haven't yet reached 20. The young families, the young people in their 20s and their 30s, they have undergone a shaping in an environment that is far more destructive and bodes the future with far less hope than anything that was ever brought upon you and I, irrespective of how disturbed or destructive your upbringing may have been. Friends, that's not a matter of hanging words of despair. It's a matter of actually looking at the facts of our current culture and an environment and what it's doing to our children, what it's doing to the fabric of our families. Moreover, it gives us as fathers a very clear directive from heaven this morning. And that directive to us guys is simple. Pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the next generation. Would you say that with me? Pray for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the next generation. Well, I want you to say it again so you get it deep in your spirit. Are you ready? Pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the next generation. And gentlemen, the reason that God is calling us to this battle is because there is a spirit that is being poured out upon them by the powers of darkness. And only an outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God 
can neutralize that which is coming with such destruction. Would you agree with me that we are oppressed by evil times? Would you agree that we are oppressed by dark circumstances? That we are being shaped in an environment of lost values? The Bible says that in the last days, demon or evil or ferocious times will come. And those series of words I use to define the times are words that are wrapped up in the Greek text of 2 Timothy chapter 3, where it says, in the last days, perilous times shall come, or difficult times shall come. Now, the word there is laden with everything demonic or destructive. And the Bible speaks of the last days where there will be gross darkness. If you recall Israel, before their deliverance from Egypt, the Bible says they were in a culture and an environment, literally, where darkness came, and the scripture says it was darkness that could be felt. On May 24, 2022, Satan stepped up his attack as an 18-year-old young man by the name of Salvador Ramos fatally shot 19 students and two teachers, and he wounded 17 other people at Robb Elementary School in Ulvedi, Texas. Earlier that day, they found out that he shot his grandmother and killed her over a telephone bill. And we sit here and we shake our heads. But let's not let the moment pass without taking a hard look at the whole story. Because the Texas tragedy is a tragedy on multiple levels, innocent lives taking, taken mercilessly. And yes, gun control advocates have jumped on this and focused, and they have said, well, it's gun availability that is the root problem. When I heard that, I said, is that really the root problem? Is gun availability really the root cause? Or could there be something more? See, if you read about the information coming out about the shooter, sadly you can see this tragedy started many years earlier. I'm in no way excusing what this young man did. And each one of us must take responsibility for our own actions. And you would all agree with me that what he did was nothing more than pure evil. It was pure evil. However, this tragedy is far more complex than gun control. No, it's societal. It's cultural. And dare I even say, it's spiritual. The young man was born into a single-parent home. His mother was reportedly on drugs. Dad had a criminal record and was not active or not mentioned even in his life. He stuttered when he spoke, and mercilessly he was bullied in middle school. An introvert by nature, he was left to his own selfish destruction and his own destructive psychosis. Now, not everyone who has a tough childhood becomes a mass murderer. Thank God for that. However, friends, the truth still is, young men and many like him are easy pickings for the devil. Because the very nature of Satan is to rob, kill, steal, and destroy. This tragedy started with a father and a mother who could not get their own life in order. And now we are dealing with darkness that can be felt. 
Well, then add the war in Ukraine and the shootings at the church in California, the Taiwanese church in Laguna, uh, Laguna Woods, California, the shooting at Topps Grocery in Detroit, the George Floyd riots, the COVID-19 fear, and our children are surrounded by this darkness. You say, well, yeah, pastor, but we all are in it. We, we all are surrounded and it's destructive to each and every one of us. Yes, but however, children are being raised at the highest point. So dads, listen to me. We can encounter this, this spirit in the power of the Holy Spirit. And based upon our God-given role as the priest of our home, and pray for an overflow of divine grace and mercy and power in the midst of decay. Oh, do you agree with me that we need to pray for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the next generation? Let your kids know, guys, that you are their number one fan. Let them know you think they are amazing. When you see them in the morning, give them a hug. Don't let them pass you by without showing your affection. I still hug my adult children. I'll do it in front of their coworkers. It embarrasses them. But that's what dads do. I'll even walk in like this. Hey, guys. And they go, Dad, stop. My boss is here. My sons are all six foot three. And I'll say, hold on, I want to hug you. So if we're in a restaurant, I'll pull a chair over and get up on the chair. Just did it the other day. No, let them know that you are their greatest hero and they are your champions. See, sometimes we raise, we're raised to think, well, we're men. We don't show emotion or feelings and we don't hug our families. It'll make us look weak. No, guys, it's just the opposite. When you show your feelings, you're strong. See, real men hug their kids. Well, you didn't hear me. Real men hug their kids. Yes. Real men show affection and show their family they are valuable. Real men go out of their way to show their children and their wife that they are loved. And gentlemen, real men understand in the relationship with their wife that there's a difference between affection and intimacy and affection and intimacy is not sex. It's not sex. Listen, fathers, our children and our wives have been given to us as a gift. I love to talk to guys at men's conferences and they'll say, well, you know, Randy, I had all these great plans and then I got married. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> oh, we had all these great plans and then we had kids. And I said, no, guys, God is not just giving your kids for a burden. No, he's entrusted you with his most prized possession. He's counting on you as the father to give them the blessing. Your approval, your love, your affirmation carry more weight than any other man on planet earth. Listen, there are reasons why people are insecure. There are reasons why they are angry or overly competitive. There's a reason why they are promiscuous. So many times in counseling, while talking to people like this, they will admit to me somewhere in the conversation. They'll say, well, my father never acknowledged any of my success. Their dads never told them they were proud of them or that they were loved. 
Often I have thought, what a difference it would make if their father would simply pick up the phone and just give them a call and just say, have I told you how proud I am of you? Have I told you how much I love you? Have I told you how I think you're the most amazing person in the world? Have I told you that you mean the world to me? It seems so simple, yet it carries so much weight. It fills a void that only a father can fill. This is the blessing the Bible is speaking about. But tragically, in our time, the father who faithfully stands beside his wife and children is becoming more and more a rarity in our society. Novelist and poet Josiah Holland, he had it right when he cried out in prayer many years ago and he said, God, would you give us godly men? Let me say it again. I believe we need dads more than ever because we are facing a culture with no morals, ethics, or integrity. We are facing a culture, yes, we are facing a culture where we're constantly swimming upstream against a culture that is trying to steal and break down the fabric of the family. Well, I'm not trying to lay a guilt trip on fathers. I do want to say that we fathers need to do everything we can to be a godly influence on our children, on our grandchildren, on our wives. I was speaking to a college student just the other day, and he looked right at me with tears in his eyes, and here's what he said. He said, Pastor, sadly, many children do not honor their parents simply because their parents are not very honorable. And it really hit home. In today's culture, many adults have never grown up themselves. They have abandoned their responsibilities to their families to chase after their own interests. And this is why Andrew Murray, he said, the secret of home rule is self-rule. Oh, hear that again. The secret of home rule is self-rule. First, building a relationship with God for ourselves and modeling to our family what we want them to be. Our children must see the gospel lived out as well as preached. And every one of us, no matter who we are, deep down inside are longing for a father's blessing. It is something that you were born with. It was placed deep inside of you by the Heavenly Father, even as little children on the playground. There could be 20 people around that child on the playground that those kids are familiar with, but if Dad is standing there, have you ever really listened to what those kids are saying? Hey, Dad, Daddy, look at me. I can run really fast. Hey, hey Daddy, look how high I can jump. Hey, hey, Daddy, look how strong I am. Look how fast I am. We long to have our fathers watch us. We long for our fathers to say, man, that's really good. You're really strong. You're really fast. You're the fastest one out here. You're the best. When it's our dad, it takes on a whole new meaning. Hey, Grandpa, listen. Grandfathers, you can play a major role in the lives of your grandchildren. Maybe their father is not there for them. Your words spoken into your grandchildren carry the blessing as well. Notice in scripture that it says, it was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. 
He was speaking a blessing not only over his sons, but his grandchildren, his granddaughters. Grandpa, you can do a major blessing in the life of your kids. They're searching for approval. Listen, your children may be 50 years old today, but deep down they're still saying, watch me, Dad. Look, Dad, do you see how I'm excelling in my career? They're still longing for their father's approval. You see how I'm raising my kids, Dad? See how I'm loving my wife, Dad? Fathers, here's the good news. (laughs) It's never too late to bless your children. Your approval even later in their life can be a turning point for them. Your validation of their family, your validation of their accomplishments, their success can put an end to issues they've been struggling with that you don't even know or that I don't even know. It's things that they hide deep down inside of them and it can bring healing and wholeness and set them on a brand new path. I heard a story, a true story about a man. Let's call him Steve. All names have been changed to protect the innocent. And Steve grew up in an alcohol, with an alcoholic father in a small rural farm country. His dad was known as the town drunk, but Steve was the star football player. In high school, he was the All-American. He went on to play in college. Football was what he lived for, but in spite of all his accomplishments, there was a void in his life. As far as he knew, his dad never saw a single game. His dad had never complimented him, never told him that he was proud of his success. And even though his father was an alcoholic, Steve still longed for his approval. Years later, he did find out that his dad actually attended every single one of his games, but he always stayed really far away because he was so embarrassed about his drinking problem. Well, after Steve's football career, he went on to seminary and became a minister. And one day in the church office, he received a call that his father had just suffered a major heart attack and it looked like he wasn't going to make it. So he rushed over to the hospital. He ran into the emergency room, saw his father laying on the bed. His dad was going in and out of consciousness His father wasn't completely there, and he thought Steve was actually the doctor, his cardiologist. And so he looked over, and what he said changed Steve's life forever. He said, hey, doc, have I ever told you about my son, Steve? How proud I am of him? He was a star football player. He led the league in tackles. Now he's a great pastor of a wonderful church. That day, he heard the words that he waited to hear for 35 years. He said it was a healing bomb that was released on the inside of him. It filled a void that only a father could fill. And some would say, oh, come on, Steve, he's an alcoholic. You should just kick him to the curb. Just get rid of him. No, the father holds a blessing that is a major piece to your puzzle. Maybe like Steve's father, you've not been there for your children. You've had struggles and issues, and now you think, well, my children, they don't need me anymore. And you're thinking, Randy, I've burned that bridge many, many years ago. I've I made poor choices. They're doing better without me. 
No, that's a lie from the devil. No, just like Steve, they still need your approval. Don't withhold a blessing. Guys, I need to stop right here and confess, I'm not the perfect father, nor am I the perfect husband. There are days that I struggle with my attitude, just like you do. My flesh with hearing God's voice. And certainly many pressures come with fatherhood and some of us feel very ill-equipped. I know I feel many times so ill-equipped. But it's better to be a learning dad than an absent one. And I've tried to do my best to live by a slogan that I learned years ago. I heard a very wise pastor by the name of Jack Hayford. He said this. He said, it's not what we say, it's what we do because it's who we are. It's not what we say, it's what we do because it's who we are. Listen, friends, in those times that I feel ill-equipped, that's when I've learned to run to my heavenly father and really just say, Lord, would you give me words of comfort, of exhortation? Lord, I need words of sensitive counsel for my family because at this stage in my children's life, we are dealing with life issues. They've all graduated from college. My daughter just passed her nursing uh, degree and she just graduated from nursing school and she just passed her state exam. And my three sons, they're already graduated from one from the University of Arkansas and the other two are from University of Missouri and they're well into their careers. Now we're dealing with life issues. And the greatest legacy that we pass on as fathers is not our inheritance. It's not even our good name. It's the spiritual heritage that we give to our children, desiring them to walk in the way of the Lord. When King David was on his deathbed, he said to his son, as for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and with willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he'll be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. God has placed parents as the authorities in the life of their children. And in many ways, we as fathers represent God to our children. That being the case, each father here today, no matter where you are in your relationship with your children, whether it's good, whether it's bad or indifferent, today is the day of new beginnings. Today is the day of new beginnings. In fact, would you say that with me? Just whisper it to yourself, guys. Today is the day of new beginnings. Are you ready? Today is the day of new beginnings. Today is the day we begin to pray and seek God's face. As I try to close this, I, I wanna give you several scriptural references. Each one of them refers to a specific manifestation of the Holy Spirit that we can begin to pray the blessing. First, pray for a spirit of hope. Pray for a spirit of hope. As we call for the outpouring of the Spirit, let us for, ask the Holy Spirit for a spirit of hope to rest upon our children and our grandchildren and our sons and daughter-in-laws, for the Holy Spirit is the spirit of hope. Would you agree with me that America needs hope? And there is such an awesome prayer force in this room 
of grandpas and granddads and sons that if we were to join our force together and begin to pray for a spirit of hope on the next generation. Romans 5.5, 5, and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. God says, I will give you a future and a hope, and you won't be disappointed in that hope because my love is going to pour out onto you by my spirit and by the flow of love that comes out of you guys. God can give you a spirit of hope that can just flow from you on a daily basis to your children where you begin to reach and love and care the way Jesus cares. Lord would have us pray for an outpouring of a spirit of hope. Second, pray for an outpouring of a spirit of faith. 2 Corinthians 4.14, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. The resurrection power of the Lord and the spirit of faith gives confidence that there is no situation too dead. That where death is crowded in, there's the promise of God turning it around, at the very least in the person's life, to the point that they look past every hopeless situation with faith knowing that at any moment, God, with resurrection anointing, can bring life out of death. There's no disease, guys, that he cannot heal. There is no human that he cannot save. There is no culture that he cannot reach. But we must pray for the outpouring of a spirit of faith that, Lord, that you would fill our dads and our granddads and our sons with a spirit of faith that you can do all things, that I could rise up to the task at hand and not worry about a culture, but know my God is able. My God can do all things. My God is able. Thirdly, pray for an outpouring of the spirit of wisdom. Proverbs 1, 20, 23. Wisdom calls aloud in the street. She raises her voice in the public square. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. In the gateways of the city, she makes her speech. If you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. In other words, God is saying, if you would just ask for wisdom, I'd give it. Wisdom poured out by the spirit of wisdom. Listen, the spirit of wisdom is that work of the spirit that will help our children learn how to live. Wisdom is not the accumulation of information. We've got amazing education. We've got more technology and knowledge in our hands and in our pockets than any other time in the history of the world. Wisdom shows you how to take the knowledge and make it work. So it works for fruitfulness and success. So as you're driving to work tomorrow, just begin to pray, Lord, wherever my kids are, Lord, I pray a blessing upon them for a spirit of wisdom to come upon them so they'll know how to live in this life. Lord, give them a spirit of wisdom to make good choices on how to think. And friends, he'll do it. He'll bring liberty with the overflow of the spirit of wisdom. Remember, liberation comes because of an overlording of the anointing and the personality of the Lord. His personality in you and in your children will overlord sickness and healing will flow. His anointing will overlord demons and deliverance flows. His anointing overlords depression and joy begins to come. No, there's nothing that God cannot do through you. And there are times that you even say, Lord, are they catching it? As the musicians are coming, my, my kids, like I told you, are, 
are already adults. And the other day, all four of them, along with my future daughter-in-law, she comes into our bedroom. It's very late, about three o'clock in the morning. Carly and I were, were really, just, we were already asleep and they didn't even knock on the door. They just came walking in. And my third son, he looked at me and he goes, Dad. I said, what? <laughs> I said, dude, it's three o'clock in the morning. He said, Dad, we just came face to face with a demon. I said, what? Now he's got my attention. I sat up on the bed and he's fighting back the tears and Quentin says, Dad, now Quentin is not real emotional. He's 26 years old and he's already graduated University of Arkansas. He's got a great degree and he said, Dad, we were at the restaurant waiting for Christian, which is my oldest son, to get off from work. And a man walked in and he walked right towards me and he said, I've been sent here to kill you. He lifted up his jacket and there was a gun in his belt. All four of my kids were sitting there. Christian and Morgan, and Quentin and Ashton future daughter-in-law, the whole family. He said, we were, I was sent here to kill you. And Quentin said, dad, literally, I looked in his eyes and I knew that this man was demon possessed. Now listen, we have never sat down and talked about demonology. I have never explained those things to them, but he looked right at me and he said, but dad, something came up in me because you always said, it's not what we say, it's what we do because it's who we are. And he said, I knew that the power of God was all around us. He said, then that man looked at me and he said, your father understands this, he knows what I'm talking about. Well, my second son, Morgan, he said, that's when all the hair in my neck stood up, dad. But he said, I got kind of angry, looked at him and said, do you really think the angels that are all around us will let you take us out before God calls us home. And I got chills. And we prayed together and they walked away and I realized they got it. Even though if you would have asked me if they got it, I would have said, probably not. But the Holy Spirit said, no, they got it. Those years of praying those years of calling out, they're gonna bring fruit. Now I've gotta stop here just before I call you to prayer. And maybe you're sitting there and you're saying, well, Randy, I never received that from my dad and now my dad is gone and there's no hope of me ever getting that blessing. And when you were speaking, I felt all this stuff inside of me being turned up. Well, pastors already mentioned it that we as a child of God have been adopted by the greatest father in the history of the world. Jesus said, if you'll bring all those things to me, the Holy Spirit of God will speak a word into your life and he'll speak a word of hope. He said, I came to bring you hope. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, but my peace I give to you. Now, I want you to allow that to register. Jesus says, as your heavenly father, I want to give you my peace. What peace did he have? It's the same peace that he had when he stood 
before the Pharisees and the Sadducees and they accused him of things he did not do. It's the same peace that he had when he carried a cross through the cobblestone streets of Jerusalem. It's the same peace that he had when he looked up to heaven and he cried out, Eloi, Eloi, let my sabach tonight. My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Yet he had a peace, a supernatural peace. And you can receive that from the Holy Spirit this morning. On this Father's Day, if you never receive the blessing from an earthly father, you can receive that blessing from your heavenly father who loves you more than you could possibly imagine. He said, I knew you and I formed you wonderfully in your mother's womb. Before you even existed, God saw your life force and he said, I've got a plan and I've got a purpose for your life. And then he said, I approve of you. The heavenly father approves of you. He loves you. And I believe this morning, as we get ready to stand and lift our hands and worship, the presence of God is about to fill the void in the hearts of many, many people. He's about to encourage fathers and tell you it's okay. It's never too late to start the blessing. He's about to build bridges. He's about to heal broken hearts. Would you stand with me right now? And I want you to join me lifting your voice. If you would, just before they lead us in worship, would you just lift your hands right now all over the room and begin to pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the next generation? Would you call your children by name? Would you call your grandchildren by name? Maybe you've never done this before, but today is the day of new beginnings. Today is the day of new beginnings. And for the next 30 seconds, let's pray for a spirit of hope. Father, on this Father's Day, Heavenly Father, I ask that a spirit of hope would begin to fill the life of every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl in this church. As we call for an outpouring of your spirit, Lord, we're asking for a spirit of hope. So call your children by name and begin to say, Lord, would you fill my son Christian? Would you fill my son Morgan? Whatever your child's name is, would you fill my son Quentin, my daughter Ashton, my future daughter-in-law, Marissa, Lord, would you fill them with hope? Would you fill them with hope, Lord? A love that is supernatural. Now begin to pray for an outpouring of a spirit of faith. Lord, that resurrection power of the Lord and the spirit of faith would rise in my sons, in my daughters, in my daughter-in-laws, in my grandchildren, that a spirit of faith would rise in my wife. Lord, that a spirit of faith would rise in me, in my life. Because Lord, I believe there's no disease you can't heal. I believe there's no person you cannot save. I believe there's no culture that you cannot reach. So right now, would you pour out your heart and begin to pray for a spirit of faith in the name of Jesus to rise, Lord. Now begin to pray for a spirit of wisdom. Lord, that you would show my children what to do with the knowledge they already have. So it works in fruitfulness and success. 
Come on, begin to pray, guys, that the hand of blessing will be on your family. The hand of favor would rest on your family. If you're a teenager here and you've never, ever received those blessings from your father or grandfather, I've got great news. Right now, you can lift your hands and say, Lord, would you fill me right now with the greatest, the, the greatest favor and blessing? Holy Spirit, speak into my life. If you've never received a blessing from your father, I want you right now to lay your hand on your chest, over your heart, and say, Lord, I'm believing right now that the power of Jesus of Nazareth will begin to touch my life and resurrection anointing would heal my heart. And Lord, I'm believing that the blessing of God is on me because I receive it from my heavenly father. I receive it from my heavenly father. Now with your hands lifted, I want you to worship him. I want you to praise him. Come and give us, a, lead us in a song, brother. Just praise him. Just praise him. In Jesus' name, just praise him. All over the room. We're gonna make this room one big altar. And you begin to worship. You begin to praise him. Thank you for the blessing. Thank you for the healing. Come on, sing it, guys. Thank you for the deliverance. mentioned it, you can just feel overwhelmed at times, because some of us know we're not doing the best job, and uh, I don't want you to walk out of here overwhelmed or tune out today and, and feel overwhelmed, because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world, and the Bible says it's not by might it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And so it's not by how great you are, it's by how great he is in your life. And so today, let's just surrender ourselves. Can we do that just one more time? Father, 
we just surrender our lives to you. Maybe you're here in this room today or you're watching online and maybe that's something you need to do. You need to just surrender your life to the Lord. Maybe you, you just know that you're not in a right place with your heavenly Father. And, and there's a story in, that Jesus told about an earthly father that just waited and waited and waited until his son would come home. And today, I believe you can come home to God. I believe you can come into the Father's house. That no matter what's going on in your life, you can run to Him. And if you need that Heavenly Father, if you need God in your life, would you just raise a hand all over this room? Yeah, just raise it up. And online, just in the, in the chat, you can just type the word decided. And we're going to be praying for you as well. But let's just pray all of us right now so that those who raised a hand, those maybe online will also be bold enough to pray this prayer out loud. Let me just feed you the words. You just pray them after me and let's just surrender our lives to, to the Lord today. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to be the Savior of the world. Today I want to make him my Savior. I ask you to wash away my sin. Forgive me of my past. Give me a new beginning. From this day forward, as much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for coming in and making me your child today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's celebrate those. You prayed that prayer. It's awesome. In this room and online. And listen, if, if you need help in taking a next step, if you're in-house, you can just walk across the hall. There's some next step, a next step room where you can find out about baptism. You can find about, out about our small groups and all different kinds of things in there. Or you can text uh, the words that are on the screen and uh, we'll be glad to follow up with you as well. I'm going to speak a blessing over everyone before uh, some of the dads get to enjoy a root beer float. Amen. Uh, also, I want our prayer partners to get ready to come down front because if you need prayer for any reason before you leave today, listen, we want to pray for you for whatever the situation may be in your life. We're always here uh, to pray with you and to pray for you. Maybe just extend your hands if you would this way. Before you do that though, come to think of it, just celebrate one more time Randy Ruiz being in the house today. Yeah. Now just stretch your hands out like you're gonna receive something. I wanna speak a blessing as the father of this church, you might say, uh, the priest of this church. I just wanna speak a blessing over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his countenance be upon you. May the favor of the Lord be upon each and every one of you. In your coming and in your going, may you know and apply the wisdom of your heavenly Father. And may the love of God and the grace of our Lord Jesus 
and the wonderful fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon you now and always. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.